to The Laundry Boys. I'm your host, Matt Melander. I got my co-host, Rocky Celebrezzi, and uh, we have a nice little sponsor today. Rocky, who's our sponsor for this episode? Our sponsor today is Maytink Team Realtors. Are you a first-time homebuyer? Spending that much on one thing can be scary, especially if you don't know what you're doing. I know how scary it was when Leanne and I were in apartment hunting. I can't imagine how scary it is buying a house. Now, not understanding the fees or the terminology, May Team Realtors in Louisville has you covered. They will walk you through the process from start to finish and make sure you feel comfortable the whole time. The email for this is Derek at MayTeamRealtors.com or you can find them on Facebook, Derek Jewel Realtor. Don't make a mistake that can last 30 years. Let May Team Realtors help. And we will make you guys feel comfortable in this episode today. We're going to keep you guys updated with all the conference championships, and we're going to jump right into it. we got a bunch of games going on right now. It is Thursday, 7-20. We currently have the Georgia-Missouri game on the TV while we record this. So just to give you guys a heads up on where we're at, we know we have a lot of games tonight that we're going to cover that will already be done by the time you listen to this. So just strap on your seatbelt, and uh, let's get it going. Automatic bids since we first started. Sun Belt, App State over Georgia State. That was a big win. Everybody thought Georgia State was going to take that one home. Yeah, I mean, Georgia State crushed the Sun Belt all year long, and App State just kind of worked their way through the tournament and did what they needed to do to get into uh, the NCAA tournament, which is what you want to do as a mid-major. Absolutely. And uh, moving on to the SOCON, UNC, Green- UNC Greensboro excuse me, over 7-seed Mercer. Isaiah Miller, he's an absolute monster. He's a beast. Got to work on his free throws, though. Become tournament time because it's going to come down to him and hitting free throws at the end of the games. Yeah, it is. It was a little scary situation the other night, but um, Wes Miller leading the Spartans to their first tournament back since 2017-2018. They obviously won the conference last year and would have gone to the NCAA tournament had we not shut down due to COVID. So it'll be really good for Wes Miller and UNC Greensboro to actually be able to get out there this year and play. Absolutely. Uh, Moving on to the Colonial Athletic Conference, Drexel taking over the win there over Elon. It's the first time in 25 years. Anything to add? I mean, that's just big. I mean, anytime you can make the tournament, it's a big deal, especially as a mid-major. Uh, and to do it for the first time in 25 years, that is a huge win for Drexel and that entire program, that entire school. And I'm sure that fan base is going to be ecstatic come tournament weekend. Absolutely. Uh, the Northeast Conference, Mount St. Mary's over Bryant, uh, first appearance since 2017. And they beat New Orleans in the first four in that uh, appearance. Anything to add on this one? Uh, yeah, I mean, Mount St. Mary's, they looked pretty good all year long. Um, I don't think anybody really expected Bryant to win. Uh, Dan Ingolstad in his third season at Mount St. Mary's is taking over that program, turning it around and already into a conference tournament or into an NCAA tournament. Winning a conference tournament is exactly what you want. Absolutely. Uh, the Horizon League, Cleveland State, uh, the Heartbreakers, I mean, Cardiac, Cleveland State, they have every game been close, it felt like, in their tournament. Uh, taking on Oakland and winning to punch their ticket to the big dance. Yeah, um, I mean, that one was not a shock at all. Oakland was not even supposed to really win their first game, much less make it to the championship game. Uh, Torrey Patton is an absolute monster for Cleveland State. If they're going to do anything in the dance, it's going to come through him. Uh, And Dennis Gates, similar to Mount St. Mary's, only in his second season as their head coach, they went 11-21 last year. And obviously this year they went 19-7 and seven and won the Horizon League or going to a tournament. That is a massive turnaround for a program that desperately needed it. Absolutely. Uh, this Moving on to the Summit League, Oral Roberts over North Dakota State. A big shock here. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, 
uh, Kevin O'Banner, he is an absolute monster for Oral Roberts. Um, he had, went for 21-9. and nine. It's, I think it's the same thing, kind of going over with um, Torrey Patton. If anything's going to happen for Oral Roberts in the tournament, it's going to go through Kevin O'Banner. And he really, Rocky Cruiser for North Dakota State had an absolute killer of a night. Absolutely. He just absolutely went off during that game. And uh, we'll see if Oral Roberts is able to make a little bit of some noise in the tournament. Uh, our last conference where we have an automatic big that was punched since Monday, the West Coast Conference, no surprise here, Gonzaga over BYU. Gonzaga struggled in that first half, uh, did not look like the team that everybody thought they were going to be, but able to surge back late and win it by about 10 points. Uh, thoughts on Gonzaga in that game? Yeah, they did look um they looked a little shaky. Uh, I mean, they trailed for almost majority of that game. BYU led late with about 5 minutes to go and eventually Jalen Suggs, the freshman sensation just took over for Gonzaga. Uh, he had some big threes, a big and one down the stretch. Um, he's proving why he should be probably be a top 10 pick this year in the NBA draft. Um, but it's not to take away from BYU. They played a great game and Mark Pope um, will get that team to the tournament as an at large this year and have two teams out of the WCC. Yeah, absolutely. Big Big news there for the West Coast Conference, getting two teams in this year. And uh, we're going to move on to the current matchups that are happening right now or have happened already today. We had the Big 12 quarterfinals, an early matchup this morning at 11.30 a.m. It was West Virginia versus Oklahoma State. An absolute thriller going back and forth, back and forth. West Virginia off to a great start, big lead over Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State battles back, takes a big lead of their own. Just for West Virginia to battle back, <laughs> And take and almost take the lead. Oklahoma State winning with Cade Cunningham looking fantastic. West Virginia made a three to tie, but a little bit too late on the clock. Yeah, I mean that game was that, that was an electric game back and forth. Um, Cade Cunningham returning from that ankle injury that he suffered two games before the regular season ended and missed the regular season finale against West Virginia. That's two straight for Oklahoma State against West Virginia. Bob Huggins cannot be happy. Uh, about that losing back to back to the same team in the same week but it's like you said Cade Cunningham going for 17 and 4 in his return back from that ankle injury once again probably why he's a top candidate for player of the year and a top pick in the NBA draft next year absolutely I said it on Monday and I'll say it again Oklahoma State my dark horse to win the Big 12 I think they honestly have a great chance taking down Bob Huggins in West Virginia was a big start for them and uh, we'll see if they're able to continue that throughout the tournament um our next matchup we're going to talk about is number three Texas versus number six Texas Tech. This is going to happen tonight after we record. Uh, we'll give our predictions now, though. I'm taking Texas Tech on this one. I really like the Red Raiders. I'm going to have to disagree with you. I think it's going to be Texas. Uh, Texas Tech swept the regular season 2-0. Uh, as we've seen time and time again, it is very difficult to beat a team three times in the same season. And I think the three-guard combo at Texas is – I think they're just going to overpower Texas Tech tonight. Eh, you know, we'll agree to disagree there. Uh, moving on <laughs> to the next match matchup, we had Baylor versus Kansas State earlier today. Baylor struggled uh, early and often during this game, able to pull out the win over K-State, but it was an ugly game for Baylor. Yeah, and we've seen this a couple times from Baylor this year where they kind of come out and they look a little sloppy. They almost look like they don't, they're do not they not ready for these games, um, which, I mean, even though it is the conference tournament, you are playing a pretty poor team in Kansas State, and it, that can be a little difficult to get up for, but... As a number one seed, as a potential, you know, the fact that they can still get a number one overall seed, I think they got to do a little bit better. But Mikhail Teague showed, you know, 
this matchup tomorrow that's going to be going on between Oklahoma State and Baylor, it's going to be the great uh, guard matchup between Kate Cunningham and Mikhail Teague. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a fun one to see uh, tomorrow on Friday, Oklahoma State and Baylor. I'm very excited for that one. Um, our ne- next and final game is Kansas versus Oklahoma. Uh, that game is currently going on. Kansas has a pretty big lead over Oklahoma right now. Not going to jinx it here, but I think Kansas is going to be able to close this one out and uh, move on to play the winner of the Texas Tech and Texas game later tonight. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, as we are recording, there is a pretty big lead for Kansas at the moment. Going in, though, I honestly thought Oklahoma would have a chance. Um, I thought Manic and Harmon will kind of step up and help Reeves um, score a little bit more for Oklahoma. But as we've seen early, they're struggling to score. Um, Obagi and McCormick have been taking over, and it looks like Kansas is off to a, another semifinal in the Big 12 tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Kansas is currently winning 35-15 to 15 at half while we record this, so uh, I would be very surprised if Kansas blew that one, but we'll see. Um, moving on to the next conference, the Big 10. We had Maryland versus Michigan State early this morning. And Maryland was able to come back from an early deficit and just kind of give it to Michigan State the rest of the game. Yeah, I was actually really surprised about that. Um, kind of as we talked about on Monday, you know, March is kind of the, the month month of Izzo, and they had looked pretty good the last couple of weeks. They had three top five wins uh, in their final couple games. Um, and Maryland has not been that great of a team tonight, but I all looked like uh, the superstar that he is for Maryland. He kind of took over late, almost had a double-double with 21 points and nine rebounds. It's tough for Michigan State. I think they may be in the tournament as one of the last few in, but I think it's going to kind of this one's going to come down to selection Sunday for Michigan State, and you're not feeling great right now if you're a Spartan fan. No, absolutely not. And if you're a Spartan fan, you are cheering for all of the favorites in these tournaments right now, uh, just like Louisville fans are as well. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Moving on to the Rutgers versus Indiana game. That game is currently going on right now. Uh, Rutgers is up. I think it is 33-32. Yeah, 33-32 at half. And uh, Rutgers, I personally think Rutgers may run away with it in the second half. But uh, we shall see. IU is keeping it close. They had a big lead early in this game. Uh, Rutgers has been able to bounce back and take the lead at halftime. Thoughts on this Rutgers team? Yeah, uh, I mean, coming into this season, there was a lot of high hopes out at Rutgers. And I think there still are. Um, I don't think they played up to their potential during the regular season. And I think here in this first half, they've kind of proven that, keeping it way too close with an Indiana team that has not looked good since about eh, October. So I, I, I think Rutgers will run away with it in the second half. Um, I think the only chance that IU really has is if Race Thompson can step up and start scoring. That's the way that they played well this year is when right. he is – leading the team and he is averaging you know 15 or 16 points and not the eight and nine that he's been doing the second half of the season through big 10 play so i do think Rutgers will run away with this in the second half yeah it'd be interesting to see if uh, archie is able to keep his job after this year i know there's been a lot of talks and he's been on the hot seat for a little while now so we'll see if indiana keeps archie retained for next year um our next game was minnesota versus ohio state this was for a lot of people surprising at how close this game was minnesota down, I think it was 14-0 to to start the game. Ohio State out to a huge lead, and then Minnesota just kept bouncing back, kept bouncing back, and uh, Marcus Carr, I mean, absolutely went off in that game. Missed a late free throw that could have cost them the game, but a really fun game to watch here. Ohio State moves on, but in a very tight, tight game. Yeah, um, I'm going to assume that that is a lot closer than they probably would have liked. Minnesota played pretty poorly down the stretch as well. Um, they looked very good early on. They were a, you know, they were probably a tier one win early on in this season, including the start of Big Ten play, um, when teams just couldn't go into Minnesota and win. But obviously, in the Big Ten tournament, 
Ohio State did come away from it. I did take away from Marcus Carr's big night. He had 24 points for Minnesota. Um, nobody really looked that outstanding to with or for Ohio State to me. Um, they just spread it pretty well. They, had, you know, I think they had about four people averaging between that 10 to 15 points throughout the game. Which going into tournament, that's probably what you want is to be able to spread the ball, spread the love. Um, but down the stretch, you are going to need somebody that is comfortable taking over and. I just don't know who that is for Ohio State yet. Yeah, I'm I'm not a big believer in this Ohio State team. I think I don't want to say frauds or anything like that, but I think they do have fraudulent behavior, um, and it'll be interesting to see if they are able to win their next matchup uh, playing Purdue tomorrow. So uh, we'll see if they're able to move on with that one. Our last game of the night for the Big Ten is uh, oh my gosh, I just lost my notes. Wisconsin versus Penn State uh, split the regular season. Wisconsin coming into form. Penn State almost lost to Nebraska last night, so I'm really not feeling too comfortable with them in this game. I'm really liking Wisconsin to win this one and uh, make it to the quarterfinals tomorrow. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I don't think Wisconsin's looked particularly well um, this season, um, but I agree with you. Penn State definitely not that great of a team this year, um, barely beating a decent Nebraska team. Uh, I mean, the keys for this, uh, Seth Lundy's going to have to step up and take on the star role for Penn State. Uh, when he does that this year, they have looked like they can actually compete in the Big Ten. Um, for Wisconsin, it's really just Reavers and Brad Davis. They have to step up and play like they have the last couple of years. They, both of them are having a pretty down year. They aren't scoring like they have been, and it's pretty much proven for Wisconsin all season that they're missing their scoring. Yeah, absolutely. Wisconsin's definitely been a struggling team all year. Uh, they never feel like they can actually get it together and put a string of performances together so I wouldn't surprise me if they win this game against Penn State and then just get absolutely smacked tomorrow against Iowa uh, just one of those teams where they have one good game and then they come back the next game and you have no idea what that team is or where they came from so uh, the quarterfinals for tomorrow right now in the Big Ten we got Maryland versus Michigan um, I think that's going to be I think Michigan's going to be able to handle Maryland pretty easily here yeah, I do too. Michigan swept him in the regular season. Um, Eli Brooks is questionable for Michigan tomorrow. I think that may be a key factor for them um, when he got hurt his ankle last week. So I, I think that's something to keep an eye on if you are a Michigan fan or if you're a betting fan in general. Um, but it does not look good for Eli Brooks to play for Michigan. No, absolutely not. And uh, the next matchup, we got Ohio State versus Purdue. Uh, after the suspect performance from Ohio State today in a tight battle, I really like Purdue in this matchup. Uh, I do, too. Um, like like I kind of said on Monday, Purdue was a surprise team to me in the Big Four. I did not realize how good that they were this year. And Travion Williams has just been an absolute star for them. He's averaging 15 points and 8 rebounds. That's pretty much better than everybody on Ohio State. And I think Purdue as a whole team, they play a little better defensively. They're much better in the post. I expect Purdue to easily go on. Oh, absolutely. I think Purdue's going to be able to handle Ohio State tomorrow. I think it's going to be a tight game, but I think Purdue moves on. Uh, our next one is Illinois versus the winner of Indiana Rutgers. Remember, guys, this game is still going on as we record. Uh, I love Illinois. I don't matter. It doesn't care who they're playing in this game. I think Illinois is going to absolutely handle them, and, and I don't think it'll be a very close game at all. Yeah, I fully agree with you. I think between Frazier and Io um, and Coburn, uh, I don't really love see. Coburn. Yeah, I really don't see either of those teams stopping any one of those players. To be honest with you, so. Um, I think Illinois in a runaway against whether it's Indiana or Rutgers. Um, And honestly, I think they're a runaway all all the way through the championship game. Absolutely. I think uh, they're definitely my favorite to win. Um, Our last game tomorrow will be Iowa versus the Wisconsin winner, uh, Wisconsin-Penn State winner. Uh, One of those, another game I think where whoever Iowa plays, I think they're going to be able to win this game pretty handily. 
Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I don't think either. I think it's kind of similar to the um, Indiana Rutgers with Illinois situation. I think Iowa is just an above and beyond better team. Luca Garza underneath is just going to go for his normal 25-10, and 10, which Wisconsin and Penn State cannot stop. Uh, the big news for Iowa is another injury. It's Wisecamp, again, with his ankle. Uh, he is in doubt, and he is that team's second leading scorer. Uh, that's going to prove to be a little difficult for Iowa, maybe not tomorrow, but if they try to advance into the semifinals and finals, that is going to prove to be a little difficult. And something surprising for me with Iowa, they're trying to reach the Big Ten semifinals for the first time since 2006. That's very surprising to me as well. I mean, Iowa's always been in the conversation. They've been making the tournament the last 10 years, every year I can remember. Um, so it's very surprising that they don't do well in the conference tournament, but uh, maybe they'll be able to turn that luck around tomorrow. Uh, our next conference we're going to talk about is the American Athletic Conference. We had our first round today. Temple in South Florida played earlier today. Temple got out to an early lead, looked like they had the game pretty handedly, and then South Florida just bounced back. David Collins absolutely popped off, and uh, South Florida is moving on. Yeah, it's like you said. Um, South Florida looked a little sluggish to begin. Um, it feels like that's a common theme with a lot of these uh, favorite teams kind of coming into their conference tournaments, having that little extra time off that they may not be used to. Um, and David Collins, yeah, 23 points, uh, leading UCF into the quarterfinals on Friday. Yes, and uh, the next game that we had was a really tight game between Tulane and Tulsa. Uh, the 10 seed Tulane getting the upset over Tulsa. I love Jordan Walker. I, I don't remember how many times the announcer said he was 5'11", but I think it was about 100. But he went absolutely off at the end of that game, was able to carry Tulane over Tulsa in a very, very tight matchup. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of um, Chris Likes down in Miami, a uh, little, little guy out there. Um, and sometimes they're just the better ones on the court. Some, they, they're just impossible to stop no matter if you think you have them in your sights. Um, but, yeah, Tulane with the upset in March. Once again, it's what you live for in the month of March is a big upset in your conference tournament, and they're on their way to the quarterfinals tomorrow. Absolutely, and this is definitely the best time of the year. I, I think I may like conference tournament week. As much as I like the actual NCAA tournament, we've got 17 games on at the same time, and uh, it's always a good thing to watch. The last matchup we have is East Carolina versus UCF. This game is currently being played. Uh, UCF has a four-point lead over East Carolina, 24-20, with about five and a half to go in the first half. Uh, I really like UCF squad in this one, but East Carolina seems to be keeping it close in this first half. Yeah, I don't think it's that surprising, you know, with conference tournaments going around. It's a lot, it seems like teams know each other a lot better this time in the year, which makes a ton of sense. But, yeah, I agree with you. I think UCF is the better team. Um, and their star player this year is a guy that we're both familiar with in Darius Perry. He's averaging 14 points, three rebounds, and three assists a game, the transfer from Louisville. He has been killing it down there, and he has a new life, which he did not have when he was playing here. Yeah, absolutely love Darius. He's a great guy, a great individual, obviously a former Louisville Cardinal. When we were both there, he was there as well. Uh, we wish all the best to him, and he's absolutely been doing the most with this opportunity he's had with UCF. And it's great to see a guy that you know, and you uh, cheered on, and you're able to cheer him on at a different school, and I'm hoping he has a great game uh, tonight. The quarterfinals for the American Athletic Conference are tomorrow. We already have a couple matchups set in South Florida versus Wichita State. Number one seed, Wichita State, playing South Florida. I don't think this is going to be much of a game, and I think Wichita State's going to be able to handle them uh, pretty easily. Yeah, Wichita State's had one of their best years that they've had, uh, especially for the last couple. Um, you know, the first season without Greg Marshall. Um, they have interim head coach all year long. Uh, we talked a little about it, bit, bit about it on Monday. Um, and it's a great story for Wichita State being the one seed. I think they're easily going to cruise by UCF. Um, 
USF. A, USF, sorry. Too many U, US and UC, <laughs> very, very similar. Yes. Um, but I think Wichita State is the easy favorite to win that entire conference, much less that quarterfinal matchup tomorrow morning. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's going to be an easy one for Wichita State. Hopefully they don't overlook this matchup and uh, are able to win this one pretty handily. Uh, the next matchup is the number five seed Cincinnati versus number four seed SMU. Uh, Cincy won the only matchup between these teams. We talked about it on Monday, SMU with the COVID situation. I honestly, if you are betting on this game, obviously I think I would stay away from it. You have no idea what you're going to get out of no. SMU. Cincinnati could come out and win this one handily, or SMU could have the fresh legs and be ready to go. Uh, this is going to be a very interesting matchup, and I'm, I really want to see how SMU plays. Yeah, I think it is going to be interesting. They're coming off about two and a half, almost three full weeks without playing a single game. Um, and for a majority of that, they weren't even able to practice. So I think with Cincinnati been playing the last few weeks, um, they've also had some pauses as well. So I think they may be the better team going into this matchup. I think it's really going to come down to Keith Williams and David DeJulius, the big guard combo for Cincinnati. Uh, you can get both those guys going. I don't know that SMU even stands a chance. No, I, I, I don't think they will as, as well. And uh, the next matchup we have we're going to talk about is the number two seed Houston versus number 10 Tulane. Uh, obviously for Tulane, we just talked about it, Walker is the key. I mean, he's going to have to absolutely go off in that game. I don't think it'll be close. I think Houston will be able to grind this one out and uh, get a pretty easy win here. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, Tulane really shouldn't even be here. Jordan Walker played absolutely amazing today, and there's nothing to take away from that. But, you know, that is really the only reason that they did come away today and with the chance to even play again tomorrow. And transfer out of Kansas and Quentin Grimes at Houston. He's been amazing all season for them. I think he's going to continue it throughout the conference tournament. I think he's going to put them into a conference championship game against Wichita State this weekend. Yeah, I think so as well. I think that's going to be a fun game to watch, and I'm excited to see that one. Uh, the last one we have in the American is number three, Memphis, versus the winner of this East Carolina UCF game. You were correct. Darius Berry is the leading scorer for that team, and he's the leading scorer tonight right now. He's got 11 points before the half, so uh, good for him. But like we said, we think UCF will probably win this game. We think it'll be a Memphis versus a UCF matchup. And uh, thoughts on this game? I don't think it's very appealing to many people unless you're a big AAC fan. Um, neither of these teams have looked superstar all season. It's very surprising for Memphis because they have a ton of a ton of talent on that team and they have struggled pretty much for two straight years now to kind of put that talent together um, which can be a little difficult to do when you have a little too much personalities but I think for Memphis to come away with this and I think they will I think it's going to land on Landers Nolly who has just been amazing for them all season he's a leading scorer I think he's just going to come out tomorrow I think he's going to put the game away and send them through to a semifinal yeah absolutely um, it'll be interesting to see if Darius Perry I, I know we keep talking about him because he's a little guy but um, how he plays tomorrow against that Memphis team if they're able to secure that win tonight. Uh, we're going to move on to our next conference, the SEC, where it just means more. And uh, it is the <laughs> second round action we had today. Started off with Kentucky versus Mississippi State. Mississippi State out to a huge lead, 14 points at the half. Kentucky battles all the way back to take a five-point lead with about two minutes to go. And then Kentucky just blows it at the end, unable to do anything on offense and uh, defensively broke down, and Kentucky's out, and there's zero shot. They make the tournament. I don't really cheer against Kentucky. They are an in-school. Obviously, it's one of Louisville's rivals, but it's an in-state school. I, I, I don't have too much against them. I mean, I do, obviously, it's a rivalry, but you know, for them to blow the game like that, it was hard to watch. Yeah, I think it pretty much sums up Kentucky's season this year. Um, they have not looked good from start to finish, really. 
Uh, and it basically, that was basically the story again today playing Mississippi State. They did not look good early. They kind of showed up in the middle. Uh, they had the lead uh, by about five with two minutes left. And it's like you said, they couldn't defend um, down the stretch, and they couldn't score. They were taking some pretty poor shots. Um, and I think their season's pretty much over. I don't see them playing in an NIT, um, even though they did about ten years ago now. Uh, but yeah, that, with that, well. yeah, that did not uh, that did not end well for them, and I don't see Cal Perry um, sticking them into that tournament. So I think Kentucky season is done in the first round of the SEC tournament for the first time in a very long time. Yeah, it's, it's going to be very hard. Uh, I mean, obviously COVID and things like that, and Kentucky is one of those teams where their non-conference is a huge part of how that team becomes a team. And for them to not really have a full non-conference schedule and things like that, I'm not making excuses for this team, but – for them to not have that, they normally come into form during conference play, and uh, definitely a weird season for UK fans. But um, it's one bad season in the last ten, so you can't feel too bad about it. Uh, the next one we had was Florida versus Vandy, of actually a very close game. Uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he, he looked very. He looks really good. He's looked very good for them all year yeah. this year, and he showed it again today. Um, sadly, we won't be able to see him moving forward as their season is going to be over too. But yeah, Trey Mann for Florida, he just absolutely lit it up. He had 22 points, 7 rebounds, and 6 assists. If you're Mike White, you absolutely love what you're getting out of your guard, and you're going to like what you see getting out of him going forward. Yeah, just like the men's warehouse line, you're going to like what you see, I can guarantee it, and you're going to like what you see in Florida this year. Uh, They've absolutely looked good, and a great one over Vandy there to move on to the next round. Uh, The next game we have is a current matchup we have on the TV right now. It is Missouri versus Georgia. Georgia is currently up two points with a minute 13 left in the first half, 29-27. I like this Georgia team with the upset here over Missouri. Uh, See, I'm going to have to disagree with you. I think Georgia is playing decently well right now. Um, Missouri, I think they're a little bit of a surprise this year. They haven't – they don't look super good when they play. I think that's the biggest issue for me with them. Um, They kind of just toss it around. They make a lot of really errant passes, but somehow they find a way – Two hit shots as he just turned the ball over. And Georgia is about and, to take a six-point lead. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, 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 I see what you're saying. I'm, Georgia is leading. I think they do have the chance to win this, but I think the athleticism of Xavier Pinson from Missouri and his scoring ability is just going to prove to be a little too much down the stretch for Georgia. Yeah, and we may know by the end of this episode um, who's winning, so I would definitely circle back with that one. But uh, I really do like this Georgia team to uh, maybe – Win a couple games in this SEC tournament. We'll uh, we'll have to see. Tom Crean's trying to make some noise. He is. It's Tom Crean in uh, March, and you love to see that. Uh, we got <laughs> Ole Miss versus South Carolina. South Carolina at nine thirty. Uh, South Carolina has looked horrible all year. Uh, Ole Miss should run away with this game. Yeah. Ever since that Final Four, South Carolina and Frank Martin just have not looked very good at all. They've had some pretty poor seasons. This is another one that they are having currently. Um, I don't know how much longer that they will retain him down there. But Ole Miss uh, has been pretty pretty good this year. Um, they won the only matchup in the regular season. For South Carolina, though, it's going to come down to A.J. Lawson and Keyshawn Bryant. It's another guard combo. There seems to be a ton of these nowadays throughout all of college basketball and even in the NBA. But I think it's going to come down to Lawson and Bryant kind of playing the way that they have all year and probably a little bit more and hope to get a little help from that bench to upset Ole Miss. Yeah, absolutely, and I just don't see it happening. Like you said, Frank Martin led South Carolina to the Final Four not too long ago, and uh, ever since then they've just kind of been on a downhill spiral. So we'll see if he's able to turn that program around. Uh, The quarterfinals for Friday for the SEC, like I said, where it just means more. Alabama versus Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State, obviously a great win over UK today, but – 
Obviously, UK hasn't been great all season. I think Alabama wins this one in a close one just because Alabama doesn't like to win by a lot of points this year. No, no, they do not, and I think that's been proven. Um, they played twice in the regular season. It was about a, it was a five-point game in one and a six-point game in the other. Alabama does not pull away down the stretch, but they do continue to win thanks to their three guards in Shackelford, Petty, and Quinterly. Those guys are electric to watch when they're all three on the court at the same time for Nate Oates and Alabama, and I, they are going to be a force to be reckoned with going into the NCAA tournament next weekend. Yeah, I think Alabama is able to get this win, um, obviously, and uh, I think they'll just move on to – the uh, semifinals. We got Tennessee versus Florida, a four versus a five seed. We got to remember Florida absolutely handled Tennessee earlier in the season. I think Tennessee is just kind of one of those fraudulent teams. I'm going to say it. I don't really like this team very much. They can't seem to put consistent performances together. They look good one night. They don't look good another night. Florida coming off a little bit of a shaky win versus Vandy, but I like Florida in this matchup. Yeah, I do too. I do agree with you. I do think Tennessee, even as the four seed and getting through to the quarterfinals tomorrow, uh, automatically, I do think they are a little fraudulent. They don't look very good. Um, they look a little similar to the, how they were last year. Um, they're a little shaky down the stretch, and it, it seems like they're pretty easy to get up on and pretty easy to blow out if you can get that lead on them. They struggle to fight back. Um, Florida looked good today, even though it was against um, Vanderbilt. Um, I'm going to take Florida. I'm going to send them through to the semifinals. Yeah, I'm 100% on the train with you on that one. And um, our next matchup, we have the number two seed, Arkansas, versus the winner of this Georgia-Missouri game. Missouri just hit a huge three to end the half to get it within one between Georgia and Missouri. I think I love Eric Musselman. He's been absolutely fun to watch this Arkansas team. I, I just love that Arkansas is good at basketball again. I don't know if they ever were good at basketball in the past, but they are good now. And um, I really like Musselman as a coach. He was at Nevada, right? Yes. Yeah, I loved him at Nevada. I think he was a fantastic coach there, especially with the Twins. And uh, I think Arkansas is able to handle I, You know, I said Georgia may make a run. I honestly forgot they played Arkansas if they win this game. And uh, I think Arkansas handles whoever they play. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Musselman is awesome to watch on the sidelines. He's awesome to watch all around. I think my fa favorite thing from him was about – almost a year ago now during COVID and uh, he posted some videos on social media him coaching nobody in an empty gym uh, because there was nobody there to coach um, so yeah I'm all on the must bus uh, I have been since he was at Nevada like you said with the Martin twins right um, and I don't think it matters who comes through Georgia or Missouri um, I think they're going through the semifinals and I have them against Alabama in my championship game yeah I think that'll be a fun one to watch if that's and uh, ends up what's happening um, the last game we have is LSU versus Ole Miss, South Carolina winner. Will Wade and LSU um, have been great always in the SEC, it feels like. Uh, I think Ole Miss is going to win that game. I'm already going to put them through. But I think LSU handles Ole Miss uh, very easily. Um, oh, we're going to disagree. Yeah, okay, I think we're going to disagree. I, I, I don't think LSU is that great either. Um, I think the SEC, outside of Alabama and Arkansas, is a little fraudulent as a whole. Um, I think those are the really only two good teams. I don't think Tennessee or LSU are that great. I think if it's Ole Miss coming through against LSU, I think Ole Miss is going to find a way to win it down the stretch. But, I mean, you never know. I mean, Will Wade, uh, obviously he's a former manager. For, so for managers like us, that is somebody to look up to um, from going from manager to a head coach, especially of a team that made a run not too long ago, about two years ago, to the Sweet 16 or Elite 8. Um, 
But I, I think if Ole Miss gets through South Carolina tonight, I think they go through LSU and they're on their way to a semifinal on Saturday. That's a big take there. I'm, I'm going to roll with LSU here. They did meet Ole Miss, uh, I think, about 14 earlier in the season, so I'm going to roll with them on that one. It's okay. We'll see who wins that one later <laughs> on in the day. Um, we got the Big East. We're going to talk about number one Villanova getting shocked by number eight Georgetown. You can't really call it too much of a shock, I guess, because Villanova has had so many injuries. Uh, but to lose in the first round, then their first game – against Georgetown, who has been struggling all season. Uh, it's definitely a rough way to end your conference tournament. Yeah, um, Villanova was a clear favorite for a championship coming into this year. Obviously, late in the season, they had those injuries to um, Colin Gillespie and Justin um, Justin Moore. Yep. And neither of them played today. Uh, Georgetown only winning by one. Dante Harris had 18 points, including two free throws down with 4.7 left to win the game. Amazing enough, Georgetown went 23 of 23 from the free throw line today. First time in Big East history. Yes, and it's like every coach that we have ever worked for will tell you, you have to hit free throws if you want to win in big games. And Georgetown proved that today by going 23 of 23, only winning by one. Every single one of those counted. It's a bit of a surprise, though, because Georgetown, um, they've been 0-3 the last three years. Um, in the Big East tournament, they're already two and zero this year, going through to a semifinal tomorrow. Villanova, good luck in the NCAA tournament. I doubt you're going to do anything. Right. But, I mean, Villanova is going to make the tournament. We all know that, but I don't think. I think they're early exit. I don't think they'll even make it to the round of 32. If I had to be honest with you, no. They did not look good today. They don't look like a team that. Obviously, they don't have their star players. They don't look like they have a team that has their star players. No. Uh, so we'll see if they're able to. Uh, make some noise in the tournament I highly doubt that and uh, it's sad to see whenever you see a team like that that did so well in the regular season to lose your star players but and it really and it really went to show today how much those two guys meant to them because even with Robinson Earl going for 26 and Jalen Samuels going for 20 their other three starters had six points combined three right. three and zero so you're missing two of your leading scorers your other two did what they needed to do today but it's proving that without those two that they would have been nothing all year long absolutely uh, it shows you how much your star players are important to your team especially in march uh we had a number four seed st john's versus seton hall thriller uh went to overtime st john's looked like they were going to be able to handle seton hall in this game but seton hall just kept battling back battling back and uh able to take a early lead in overtime and never let go of it yeah, um, you know, watching this game, I thought St. John's had it in the bag. They looked like they did down the stretch. And all of a sudden, Seton Hall just kind of pulled it out. Um, just kind of pulled it out late to force overtime. They had a two two or three actual chances to, at the end of the regular, um, right at the end of regulation. They just couldn't hit. Um, but obviously, like you said, they did take that early lead by two and then three into overtime. And they just never turned back and right down at the stretch they just pulled away absolutely and uh it's great to see willard take seton hall to a win there and uh, they keep their ncaa tournament hopes alive they definitely need to make a little bit of a run here in the big east tournament to uh secure a spot in the big dance uh next week we had creighton versus butler that game is two minutes 45 seconds left creighton is just absolutely smacking butler right now uh with definitely not anticipating that butler a huge win yesterday uh, after coming back from a seven point 17 point deficit excuse me uh, against xavier thought butler was going to put up a nice fight here but uh creighton just absolutely running away with this game yeah um like you said butler had a great game last night uh they have not had a good year though uh nonetheless 
they did not look good for most of the season. They did beat Villanova in Indianapolis just a couple weeks ago with a healthy Moore and Colin Gillespie, which was a very impressive win for them. I don't think it's going to matter at all. They did not. They are not above 500. But Creighton, uh, obviously, we talked a little bit about it with Greg McDermott. Uh, he was reinstated on Monday at the timing of our episode. He did coach tonight. They've now two and zero in the last two games. Uh, Zegarowski um, is a big, big part of that Creighton offense. He was proving it early in the game earlier tonight. He had a big three early on to kind of get the momentum going. They went on a little bit of a run right after that. Yeah, and uh, Creighton just uh, a very, per- a very impressive performance tonight, and uh, they are looking like a very strong case to win the Big East. Um, speaking of strong cases to win the Big East, we have the number three UConn seeded versus. 11 seed DePaul, who had an upset over Providence last night. Uh, that game is going to start at 9 p.m. We know UConn is one of the favorites to win the Big East. Obviously, it's both of our picks to win, as we talked about yeah. on Monday. But I, I don't see this one being very close. I, I think DePaul <laughs> has overstayed their welcome in the Big East, and uh, they're going to be packing their bags and going home after this one. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised they're even invited to New York for this tournament. They have had a awful year they had four wins all year long um i don't know what they're gonna do up there but yeah like you said uconn has been a, a, an amazing team to watch all year long dan hurley is an electric coach on the sideline he's electric throughout the entire game he's electric off the court and so is book Knight. he has been all over the place for uconn you know he's had injuries he's had covid but when he's healthy that team is a clear favorite to win that conference and i think they're a team to make a clear run through the NCAA tournament as well. Yeah, like, I, you know, you said January, February, Izzo. I said January, February, UConn. And uh, I, I love this UConn team. I think they're going to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament in the big dance. And I think they're going to be able to handle this conference. Uh, the semifinals for Friday for the Big East, we have number eight seed Georgetown versus number five seed Seton Hall. So definitely going to have a higher seed in the championship between those two teams. I think, I, I think I'm going to go with Georgetown in this game. I guess we're going to disagree again. Uh, I'm going to take Seton Hall. Um, you know, Georgetown not really playing for anything. I did have to win the entire tournament, which is another two games, just to get into the tournament. Seton Hall really needs, you know, I think a win here, and they can almost put themselves in, win or lose in that final. Um, I think a loss tomorrow night in their season is definitely done NCAA-wise. They'd still have hope for the NIT which is not what you want to be hoping for when you're a program the way that Seton Hall has been the last few years. No. Uh, I think Kevin Willard will have those guys ready to go tomorrow night. I think so, too, but I, I don't know. I just have a weird feeling about Georgetown and Patrick Ewing coaching them, and I, I just love it. Um, I think the real championship game is honestly going to be tomorrow night, though. I think the winner of the Creighton-UConn game, because I'm just going to say UConn's going to beat DePaul at this point, the winner of the Creighton-UConn game, I think, is really going to be the winner of this conference. I think whoever wins that game will win the Big East. I'm going to roll with UConn. You're probably going to roll with UConn. We've been saying it since Monday. We love this team. And I think Creighton had a great performance tonight. Obviously, they're going to win by 30-plus points. But I think they're not going to be able to do that again tomorrow night. Yeah, I think it really depends on, like we've, like we've kind of talked about for both of these teams, um, Tyrese Martin and A.J. Cole, if they can kind of step up and help book night for UConn, that's really going to put it over the edge for them. I, I think that sends them easily through through their championship. But once again, when you come through Mahoney and Zagorowski for Creighton, if those guys step up and for some reason you're not getting some help from Martin or Cole and it's at the book night show only, 
I think Creighton has a chance. I think that game might be a back and forth and come down to the final minute. I think it will as well. Um, I was trying to check the score. I think they're still up 30-plus because, I mean, who knows at this point. They've already won the game. But uh, it'll definitely be a really fun game, and I think whoever wins this one uh, will be taking the Big East title. We're going to move on to the next conference. It is the West Coast Pac-12 quarterfinals. Uh, We had Oregon versus Arizona State earlier today. Oregon took the lead early and just kind of never looked back after that. Yeah, um, we were just talking about Dan Hurley. I guess we can talk about his brother now, Bobby Hurley. Also electric on the sideline, not electric during games. That team has not looked good all year. Um, They have struggled through tournaments the last couple years now. Uh, Like you said, Oregon easily cruised through Will Richardson. uh, We talked a lot about Chris Duarte on Monday. Will Richardson had himself a night for Oregon, or I guess a day earlier. Um, He went for 17-7-9. Playing like that, Oregon is easily going to cruise through uh, the Pac-12 and into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think Oregon, honestly, definitely, I, I said it on Monday, they're my favorite to win the Pac-12 and had a great performance today. And they're making me even more confidence in my pick that I had on uh, Monday. Uh, our next one is UCLA versus Oregon State. This game actually is in overtime right now. It is 74-74 with two minutes and 54 seconds to go in OT. Uh, back and forth battle the whole time. Oregon State, honestly, being a team that's just kind of coming out here and making it a scrappy game. Yeah, um, they did not look up to it the other night um, against Oregon in the season finale up in Corvallis. Um, Oregon cruised through to that win, um, so I'm kind of surprised that they're playing UCLA so well. UCLA was, I believe, on Tuesday was my pick to win the the conference, so um, I had high hopes for McCronin, especially going into this tournament. I mean, I, I guess good for Oregon State if they can try and pull this out, but Ethan Thompson's been the star for them tonight. I'm not sure what he has has so far tonight, but so far this season he has been their rock. And He has 18 points, but uh, I'm going to definitely butcher this name. Alatiche uh, from Oregon State has 22, and Lucas has 15. It's been all starters for Oregon State tonight, 18, 22, and 15 from three other starters. Uh, definitely rely on them heavily in this overtime game they have against UCLA currently. Yeah, um, I think it's going to be interesting going down the wire. Obviously, we'll figure it out in a few minutes. I hope UCLA can pull this out, but I think either way, I think that even with Oregon State being the five seed, that conference has not been good this year. I think the five seed in that would be like being the 10 seed in the ACC or the Big Ten. So I think that's kind of a big upset for Oregon State. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The next game we're talking about is USC versus Utah. That tips off at 8.30, and uh, USC and Utah split the regular season series. I told you before, and I'll tell you again, if any of their games, USC comes down to free throws, they will lose because for some reason that is something they do not focus on at all. 316th in the nation in free throws. And uh, I could honestly see Utah with the upset today. Yeah, and if they're going to do it, it's going to go through Timmy Allen, uh, their point guard. He's averaging here. He leads the team in points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game, and steals per game. So it's very obvious that everything will go through him tonight. Um, I think it's going to be on Isaiah and Evan Mobley for USC. Uh, they're going to have to shut Timmy Allen down, and they're both going to have to have big games themselves. They lead their team, or they lead USC in points per game as, respectively. So, I think USC is going to come away with this. Uh, I think Utah is going to give them a pretty good shot, though. Yeah, fun fact: uh, Utah almost blew the game last night. I don't know if you watched that. They were up 17 points with four minutes to go in the game, and won by three. So, hopefully. Honestly, this could be two teams that self-destruct at the end of the game, so it might be a fun one to watch. Um, our last one is Colorado versus Cal. Uh, 
I don't know even know what time that game is. It's probably a late one because this is a West Coast game. Yeah, that USC Utah is at eight thirty, so my mm-hmm. guess is eleven eleven. It is eleven thirty. That is yeah. a late one. I will definitely not be up for that one. <laughs> I go to sleep way before that. But um, I think Colorado is going to handle Cal. Cal surprisingly got the upset over. I think it was Stanford yesterday. Is that correct? I think you're correct on that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a huge win for them to be able to even make it this far. But I think the the bus stops here. I think Colorado is going to handle Cal pretty easily. Yeah, I think Colorado will cr- probably cr- cruise through Cal, and I think they'll probably lose in their semifinal matchup as they would more than likely play USC tomorrow night in the semifinals um, unless Utah can pull out the upset in which I would take Colorado through to that championship. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, USC is able to win that. Like you said, we have Oregon versus the winner of this Oregon State-UCLA game. I don't know who's going to win that one. I'm checking again. It is 77-76 with a minute 34, so – that's a coin toss right there. It could be USC versus Colorado for the semifinals. And uh, I think Oregon easily wins the game versus either of those teams. Uh, and I think USC and Colorado, I think it'll be a great matchup. Uh, moving on to the Mountain West, San Diego State in a absolute nail-biter. Down most of this game against Wyoming in a very surprising performance. Everybody thought San Diego State was going to cruise through this tournament and uh, almost lost their first game versus Wyoming. Yeah, uh, San Diego State was the heavy betting favorite. They were the heavy odds. Um, to, yeah, like you said, easily cruise through the Mountain West, much less win their quarterfinal game against the eight seed in Wyoming. Um, yeah, San Diego State did not look good at all today. Um, to reiterate to earlier, it seems like a lot of these top teams are kind of struggling in this first game. Hopefully, these teams that are winning, even though they struggle today, they will. we will see them be a better team tomorrow and going through the weekend. Terrell Gomez, though, had 20 points for San Diego State. He kind of took over late, and is the real reason that San Diego State even won this game. Otherwise, I think Wyoming is walking away with a huge upset and into the semifinals. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very surprising for everybody when they checked the score. I did not was not able to watch this game, but got a score update that uh, Wyoming was winning this game and was very surprised. I thought it was uh, an incorrect stat. Uh, the next game, we had Boise State versus Nevada. This game actually just ended as we were recording. Uh, Nevada with the upset, 89-82, very high-scoring game between these two teams. And uh, I think a lot of people had Boise State moving on and maybe the dark horse to win the Mountain West, but Nevada with the upset today. Yeah, uh, Boise State was my dark horse to win this tournament, so obviously that is a huge bummer and do not listen to me when it comes to betting and gambling <laughs> on sports. But uh, it's almost almost not that surprising. It's very similar to what we said earlier. Boise State swept the regular season. It's hard to beat a t- team three times in the same season. You've seen each other enough that you kind of understand it, and it seems like if you do sweep the regular season that third time around, if you win 0-2, you have the better shot to win. So, um as surprising as it is as an upset, I don't think it's as surprising as a lot of people have thought. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad for Nevada. Yeah, it's fun to see Nevada uh, making a little run here, and we'll see if they're able to continue that in the Mountain West. Uh, we have the number two seed Utah State versus the number seven seed UNLV, going to tip off at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, Utah State, the heavy favorite in this game, uh, heavy favorite to win the Mountain West behind San Diego State. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I kind of like UNLV in this game. Um, as crazy as it sounds. I think we're going to go opposites again. Uh, I'm a big Utah State guy. Um, I've loved them the last couple of years. Um, sadly, not getting into enough NCAA tournaments. But the way that San Diego State played today, I think Utah State is now the clear favorite to win the Mountain West, um, depending on what will happen tonight. But I think they will cruise through UNLV. I'm going to butcher the name, but I think Namias Queda 
is going to step up. I think they're just going to keep feeding him into the post. Um, they're just going to put it down low for him, let him do his thing. He's averaging 14 points a game and almost 10 rebounds a game. I mean, when you're averaging a double-double, I don't see UNLV stopping that. No, I, th- I think you might be correct here, but I'm still going to you know ride with UNLV tonight. Just I like, I like to see a Cinderella story, and I like to see UNLV uh, make a little bit of a run here. Uh, we have Colorado State versus Fresno State for the last game in this conference. 11.30 tip-off, another game I will not be watching because it's too late. Um, Colorado <laughs> State is one of those teams I think they'll be able to handle Fresno State pretty easily here and I'll be able to take home the win. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to go through the guard play of David Roddy and Isaiah Stevens. They're averaging 16 points and 15 points. That's that's a lot of firepower to stop out of the two guards. I don't see Fresno State doing that tonight. No, and you know Fresno State had a uh, tough matchup against New Mexico last night, and I think Colorado State with the fresh legs will be able to handle uh, that Fresno State team. The semifinals for the Mountain West will be tomorrow, Friday, and uh, it'll be the number one seed, San Diego State versus Nevada. Uh, you know, I could see Nevada winning this game after how poorly San Diego State played last night. Yeah, uh, they, it looks like they played pretty well tonight against Boise State, making that upset. And uh, like we kind of reiterated earlier, um, San Diego State did not look good today. Uh, hopefully for them, they come out tomorrow looking like a different team and the team that they did all season. Otherwise, Nevada's going to be walking into that championship as a five seed. Yeah, and uh, it would be fun to see. I mean, as much as, you know, you love to see the one seeds do well. I love to see the upsets as well, and I would love to see Nevada in a championship game. Uh, the last semifinal for this tournament will be Colorado State. The winner of the Colorado State-Fresno State game versus the winner of the UNLV-Utah State game. <laughs> Obviously, we don't know anything about what that game's going to be yet because, like we said, we are recording this, and it is now 8.09 on Thursday. Um, let's just go with the winners here. Call the favorites: Colorado State versus Utah State. I think it'll be a close game if that's what ends up being the matchup. But I'll, I would take Utah State as the uh, winner of that one. Yeah, I fully agree with you there. I think if that's the way it goes through, I'm going to take Utah State. I think I'm going to take Utah State all the way through that championship and put them punch their ticket for them into the NCAA tournament. That would be fun to see a, a two seed winning their conference. Uh, we're going to move on to the ACC. This is going to be the last. Oh, wait, no, we got one more conference after this. But we're going to talk about the ACC. Uh, I'm going to take it back one game real quick. Louisville, since we are Louisville managers, graduates. Louisville, tough game against Duke uh, last night. Looked like they came out slow, able to make a huge run to get the game tied, take the lead before half, ended up losing the lead right before halftime, and then uh, came out slow in the second half as well. Yeah, um, it was a tough game to watch. I can honestly say that, much, especially being a fan. Uh, Mark Williams, though, for Duke. I don't know how Coach K did not put him in earlier this season for bigger minutes. Uh, he almost had 23-20 and 20 last night. He ended up with 23-19. and 19. Duke looked really, really good. Louisville looked lost. Um, they did not make adjustments through that second half, which has been a reoccurring theme this season for them. Right. Um, so I think Louisville, Louisville's future going into the NCAA tournament, I think it's going to be similar to what we talked about earlier. Is they're going to be rooting for the favorites to win. I think if you know you see some upsets down the stretch of those teams that are on the bubble, you could see Louisville moving out into an NIT spot. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I know um, as a Louisville fan, obviously, we are all – cheering for the favorites, but all it takes is a couple of these mid-major teams to steal a bid or one of these Big East teams that's not supposed to win the Big East win it, and uh, Louisville could be on the outside looking in, which would be very sad. And then the big news coming out of the ACC today as well, with Duke having a positive within their program, not playing tonight against Florida State in that quarterfinal 
Florida State is moving on to the semifinals, semifinals without yeah. even playing, which is welcome to COVID-era basketball this year. <laughs> right. Very and, weird. And very similar to Kentucky. Now, with pretty much, uh, I think we've pretty much confirmed that Duke is done. It looks like earlier that their AD did confirm that their season is done. They will not accept any NIT or postseason bids unless somehow they get in the NCAA you know, Honestly, with the NCAA selection committee, though, it is you Duke. could see it, but I, th- I, I see it. I think very similar to what we saw with Kentucky earlier. I think Duke season is done. Which for those two blue blood bloods to both be out, you know, before semifinals of their conference championships even begin, it's it, hard to see. It, yeah. it, it is, it's not something that either of us are used to in our no. lifetime. It'd be very weird to not see Duke, Michigan State, or Kentucky in a NCAA tournament. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen that in my lifetime, and uh, it obviously would be a shock for all of the fan bases. Uh, the games that did happen today, though, we had Virginia versus Syracuse in an absolute thriller. Uh, Virginia down early Syracuse Buddy Beheim is an absolute monster that man can hit a shot from anywhere reminds me a lot of Ryan McMahon in that aspect just a little bit taller obviously a little bit better uh well you know we're not gonna harp on Ryan we do love him um but Virginia able to hit a game-winning three as time expires Uh, this is what March is about yeah um Syracuse I I thought they were gonna win this game I think they absolutely needed this game um to basically secure that uh, NCAA spot for them. And Virginia just plays heartbreaker year in and year out throughout the ACC and in the postseason. Beekman with that buzzer beater. But like you said, Buddy Beheim went for 31 points today and they still somehow lost. So he needs some support around him going into next season, I think, for Syracuse to really be a dominant team in the ACC again. An eight seed this year is not what Jim Beheim would have wanted, and it's not what we're used to seeing out of Syracuse. No, it's not at all. But I honestly think Syracuse has done enough to uh, secure the spot in the NCAA tournament. I would be very surprised if the selection committee looked at this game and said, no, they don't deserve to be in because Virginia is obviously one of the better seeds that's going to be in the, in the big dance. So I would be very surprised if Syracuse doesn't – get a uh, call on Sunday. Uh, our next game we had was number four seed Georgia Tech versus Miami. And another really tight game. Miami without – they have six scholarship players. You'd think that Jim Laranerga would just give up on the season, but he had his guys inspired, and they came out, and Wong was – you know, he had a rough day shooting, but still a fun team to watch. And, you know, Georgia Tech obviously was able to get the win, 70-66, but – a fun team to watch Miami and they made a little bit of a run in the ACC tournament yeah I mean that is they have had a struggle all year long they've been on Chris likes for the majority of the year I think almost all of the year actually yeah, I think he played three games all year um yeah, and it's like you said they've, they've pretty much been between about six to eight scholarship players the entire season um they were 13 seed going in they already won two games and they should have beaten Georgia Tech today to get into the semifinals which would have been amazing but either way, seeing a Georgia Tech and a Miami quarterfinal in the ACC, that's the first time in a long time for either of those schools that they've been probably around this stage. Um, so I think that was really good to see. It's not surprising, though, from Georgia Tech, the way that they've played. That's now seven straight for them. Uh, Jose Alvarado, Gabe DeVoe, and Usher all in double figures for them. Wong struggled. Um, you know, he's, he'd been dominant for Miami the last two t- games that they had won in the tournament. Right, and you got to say some of that's probably fatigue. Yeah, you know, you I mean, you, you're, on your thir- you're on your third day now. You're 3 of 10 shooting, and it was the turnovers for Miami. They had 18 turnovers to Georgia Tech's 11, and it is tough in the postseason to turn it over 18 times and win. Yeah, I mean, obviously you're not going to win a lot of games when you turn the ball over 18 times. But uh, fun, fun little run there from Miami. They definitely kept it tight, kept everybody interested in that Georgia Tech game. 
But uh, our, our guy Passner is moving on Pat- to Ooh. the uh, semifinals. Um, our last game of the night has not happened yet. Tips off at 9 p.m. It is Va- sorry, 8.30. It is Vautech versus North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina, obviously the surging team, has been fantastic in 2021. Definitely been a good year for them. Virginia Tech, on the other hand, a surprise team in the ACC. And uh, I think this is going to be a fun game. Yeah, uh, it's going to come down to Kivia Luma for Virginia Tech. I think we talked a little about him, about him on Monday. But he has to keep going, and Jalen Cohn really needs to step up for Virginia Tech. Um, he's done it throughout the year. I think he's going to need to continue it throughout the tournament. But for North Carolina, it's like you said. they Midway through this year, they looked like they were going to be joining Duke and uh, Kentucky and be sitting, be sitting on the sidelines come March. And all of a sudden, here they came uh, late. Duke thinks and helped to Baycott and Walker Kessler. Those two bigs for them have been electric, and they have been dominating the post against everybody that they play, and they're going to need to do it again tonight. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a very, very fun matchup. I'll definitely have an eye on this game the entire time, and uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, we just I just turned on the game for Rocky. It looks like Kansas blew their lead, and they're only up by five points against Oklahoma, so we have that on the background as we do this podcast. Um, the semifinals for the ACC will continue on Friday. We have the number one seed for Virginia versus number four seed Georgia Tech. I think this is actually going to be a very fun matchup. I do too. Um, I think Virginia obviously did not look good today against Syracuse. Um, obviously that zone is a little difficult. Both those teams play a lot more defense than they do offense, even though this is Virginia's best year offensively that they've had in a very long time. I am rooting very hard for Georgia Tech. Obviously I love Josh Passner. I love what they've been doing down there. Seven in a row. I'd love for them to make it eight in a row. And I think we can both say that we are not the biggest Virginia fans around here. No, definitely not the biggest Virginia fans around here. Uh, I would love for Georgia Tech to win this game. I think the experience from Virginia and Tony ben- Tony Bennett being there before, I think uh, they'll be able to ratchet up that defense and able to kind of make Georgia Tech just kind of get in some fits offensively. So I can see Virginia winning this game in a low-scoring battle. Um, our last game for the ACC in the semifinals, we have the number two Florida State. Obviously, they haven't even played a game yet. Lucky them in the semifinals versus Vautech, North Carolina. Uh, Florida State gets the triple bye, which is the first time ever. And uh, they will be playing on fresh legs versus North Carolina, who may have been playing three games at this point. This will be their third game, or Vautech will be their second game. Um, Whoever it is, I like Florida State in this game. Yeah, I agree with you. I think their biggest flaw this year was that Notre Dame game to end the year and cost them uh, the regular season championship in the ACC. But, yeah, Florida State ended up working out for them, It did. Yeah, it very much did. Um, They get that triple bye. Um, I think that's almost – I think that's probably the NCAA's worry is they're looking at that and they probably don't want anything like this to happen during the actual tournament coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, As good as it is for that team – doesn't make it as interesting for the rest of us. I was very much looking forward to that Florida State-Duke game tonight. Uh, obviously, we are not getting that. But, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it matters who's coming out of that Virginia Tech-North Carolina game. I think Florida State will easily handle them, and they. I think they're into their championship on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that will be a fun matchup, whoever it is Florida State plays, whether it be Virginia or Georgia Tech. Um, our last conference we're going to talk about, whew, we've gotten through them all, is the A-10 championship. Uh, it will be on Sunday. The number one seed, St. Bonnie, versus the number two seed, VCU. Uh, thoughts on this game? Yeah, uh, 8-10, a little different this year, obviously, with everything going on. Their semifinals were this past Tuesday, and they are not playing the championship until Sunday. 
Um, I feel like it's the first time in a couple years now that we're, we aren't seeing Dayton uh, in the semi. They didn't play in the semifinals, and we're not seeing them in the finals now. Um, St. Bonaventure, the one, two seed of VCU. I think it's great to see VCU being competitive in the A-10 again. Uh, it feels like it's been since the Shaka Smart days, almost 10 years ago now when they went to the Final Four, that they've been that competitive in the A-10. Um, I'll probably take VCU. Love the Rams. Um but I, I think I can see St. Bonaventure winning this as well. Yeah, uh, honestly, I think this is going to be a great matchup. Uh, like you said with VCU, every time I think of them, I think of Shaka Smart, and I think of their glory days when he was there. And it'd be great to see them back in the tournament, but uh, I'm going to have to roll with St. Bonnie here and uh, taking home the A-10 championship. Uh, to wrap up our show, we always like to give you guys a little bit of an insight into the student manager life and uh, what we experienced. And, you know, what better thing to talk about than our conference championship weeks that we went through uh rocky what were some of your memories that you had at louisville um i think my senior year is probably the most memorable um my freshman year when i was at northern kentucky we got blown out in our opening round um the only thing i remember about that game was coming back into the locker room from halftime and there was a chair stand sitting or in the middle of the chalkboard and the wall um, that had been thrown during the halftime, passionate halftime speech um, by John Brandon. Just at, it got there somehow. Yes, we don't it, know there, how. somehow there was a chair stuck in a chalkboard. Right. Um, Happens all the time. Yeah, my sophomore year at Louisville, um, from what I remember uh, with Coach P, we lost our very first game in that ACC tournament because um, he never won an ACC tournament game. Um, I don't remember the pageant year. Did we win a game? The pageant year, yes. We, uh, that was our first ACC tournament Florida win. State. Yeah. yeah, Coach Paget got the first ever ACC tournament win for Louisville. Yep, and then my senior year in Charlotte, um, I believe we beat Notre Dame in our first game and then got absolutely blown out by uh, or North Carolina in our second game, but that was the year that it was the North Carolina-Duke semifinal when it was Zion, Cam Reddish, R.J. Barrett, um, All the stars. Yes, that was in a very electric year for the ACC. It was very fun to watch those two teams play, even though they might have been crushing us. Um, so not great history in, in the postseason, the conference tournament for myself, uh, going one and four. So yeah, uh, very similar experiences. Obviously, we have a couple shared there. But uh, my freshman year at Louisville it was our first year in the uh, ACC. We lost to North Carolina in a uh, not a not a very fun game to watch. My sophomore year, obviously, we imposed the postseason ban, uh, so we did not tough even. Tough year. Yeah, tough year. We did not even go to the tournament, obviously, because we weren't allowed to. Um, very fun team, I think, would have made a lot of noise in that tournament, and would have made a lot of noise in the big dance with Trey Lewis, Damian Lee, uh, Shinanu Onowaku. Uh, we had a great team that year. Mango, Honest. I mean, you know, you name it. We had a bunch of bunch of solid players that year. Um, my junior year. We went and we lost to Duke. Um, that was a great Duke team. Uh, Jason Tatum was on that team, uh, if I remember correctly. And that was a tough game, too, because I believe we had the lead for a majority of that game. It was a lot of back and forth. Yeah. And we had that chance down at the end, and we just could not come up with that win. Yeah, that was definitely a fun game. Uh, uh, very heartbreaking to lose that one. We were one of the top teams in the ACC that year. We ended up going on to the NCAA tournament. I will talk about that in a little while on our next episode, so make sure you tune in for that. And uh, my senior year was obviously the same as Rockies, where we played Florida State in the first round before losing to Virginia uh, in the second round. That was our second time playing Virginia within a week. Uh, 
as you guys heard on my last <laughs> episode where we lost in a heartbreaking buzzer beater by Hunter. So and this um, one was not a heartbreaking no, buzzer but, beater. Um, it was a it was not close. No, but obviously, you know, conference week is a lot of fun, especially uh, around the team. A lot of different game planning and a lot of different, you know, our video guys, including managers as well as the actual video guys, are cutting film left and right because if you win the game, before before the game, games even starts, we're cutting everything because we don't know who we're going to play. And then once we know who we're going to play, if we had to buy, we had to cut both teams because we don't know who's going to win the game. So we got to be ready for both teams and game plan that way. Around the team, we got to make sure everything's ready. We're traveling. You're making sure everything's packed. You're packed for the entire week because you're planning on going to the championship. So mm-hmm. we have extra practice uniforms. We have extra uniforms. We have everything under the sun you can think of Gatorade-wise, um, as well as snacks and extra clothes for yourself for a manager because we only had a couple guys working the games. Um, I remember you know, my junior senior year, the ones I got to go to, my junior and senior year were in New York, which was amazing. We had to play at the Brooklyn Nets facility. Uh, and practice there my junior year, which was really cool with uh, Coach P. Yeah, we were able to practice there and able to see the skyline of New York and be able to be in the Nets facility was amazing. And it looked like a broken down warehouse, but then you get in, it's a super nice facility. And then my senior year, you know, we played in the Brooklyn Nets arena um, and ended up winning a game, which was really cool. And, you know, the experience of that is very different as well because you win one game, now you're on to the next one. You play literally the next day. And, you know, preparing for that and making sure the guys are ready and things like that is very difficult whenever you don't know if you're going to make it to the next day or not. So um, definitely a lot of fun and uh, experiences that I always cherish being on the bench and, uh, you know, carrying towels out and carrying chairs out and whiteboards and things like that that, you know, you get honestly the best view in the house. Yeah, uh, I think it's like you said, uh, it's much different than the regular season because in the regular season you know that you're going to be gone for one game and one game only. You prepare only for that one game um, and you're back the next day. You know, when you go to a conference tournament in the normal tournament, uh, you know, you're basically preparing to be there through the championship. Like you said, you know, you are cutting film for every single team that you could possibly play through that round. Um, I, you know, I remember my senior year, um, I think we had the 7 o'clock game against Notre Dame on Wednesday. Um, uh, you know, we, we won. Obviously, we were going to play North Carolina, or we didn't know who we were going to play the next day um, because it was the game after us. I remember I was at the arena probably until almost 1 a.m. Uh, cutting that game and finishing up and trying to get the scout done uh, for the next day, and then you have to be up the next morning to go through walkthrough at, you know, 7 or 8 in the morning to go to a practice facility at a JUCO college or a high school or wherever they put you up at. Um, and it's just go, go, go. Um, obviously, none of us, know, neither of us really know what it's like to play in a semifinal or a championship and go that far and what that stress must be like. Um, but, you know, we both know what it takes to win the first game and have to play the second one right back to back to back like that. Yeah, and it's definitely a difficult experience, uh, not just only for you, obviously the team as well, because, you know, the players have to get up and get ready. And, you know, it's obviously a change, ever, ever evolving schedule where you never know what the next thing is going to be because you don't know how long you're going to be there. And obviously, you know, you're hoping you make it there through Saturday and you make it to an ACC championship. Obviously, neither of us experienced that, but uh, it was obviously a fun experience. Staying in the hotels was great. New York was amazing. I think the ACC tournament should be in New York every year. That's just my opinion on it. Um, instead of Greensboro, but you know, no, you know, slouch to Greensboro. But I think I like New York City better. But um, definitely a fun experience as a manager, and uh, we'll definitely keep you guys 
involved in our insights that we had with our programs and um, how much fun we had. And, you know, if you guys ever have any questions, make sure you guys comment and um, ask us those questions because we'd love to answer them. Uh, Conference Championship Week is off to a great start, and uh, we hope you guys have enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you guys are subscribed on iTunes, Spotify, Google, wherever you guys get your podcasts. Make sure you guys subscribe, listen, and uh, write us a review. Uh, we love to hear from you guys, and obviously five stars is always great, so uh, make sure you guys do that if you're able to. And uh, we will be back on Tuesday with Selection Sunday results, uh, conference championship results, and uh, we'll talk about who we think got snubbed and who we think uh, could move on to a national championship. So uh, we'll see you guys then.